But you know, outside of the stuff we're gonna talk about, I do want to mention that NFL thing. Though. I mean, what do you, what do you think of that though? That whole thing, like, I mean, lose like they gonna they really gonna find people heavy. I heard about fifteen thousand dollars for not for breaking the protocol, losing a game check for the, the game get canceled. What do you think of that whole thing? What's up, man? So basically, um, my my angle with this is, what do you do to the players? Or vaccinated and still get COVID because yeah. you're trying to give the the narrative is now is, is about people who are not vaccinated. It should be about people who who get who get um COVID positive tested whether vaccinated or not. Yeah. Because players who are vaccinated are still they're still getting COVID for two for the second third time. There's people I know in my workplace who, who got it two times. Some yeah. people got it three times, and, and they are supposed to be vaccinated. So, you know, I, I think, yeah, bro. I think that thing is crazy because I think they really don't want to put the money into it. Because if you look at it, if they went to like a bubble type situation, like the way the NBA did, they probably could minimize it. But it costs money to put these players up in good accommodations and food and do all of that stuff. Because realistically, like they gonna basically a player or a game could get canceled. Like if you go home to your family, they can't just be inside the house all the time. Kids go to school, you know. Right. Yeah, house works and stuff like that. So right. you're always gonna be exposed to something and exactly. anytime you go home. So mm-hmm. I mean I think the expectation is crazy that nobody, you know, nobody's gonna get it. We all know that there's no way that's gonna happen. Somebody's right. gonna get it and it's just it's just a matter of time. Now right. if you gotta cancel I mean it shouldn't say cancel cancel the game or anything like that. I mean, I think people's part of the game should be you have to deal with the things that happen in the game. So, you know what? If your running back got COVID, guess what? You still playing the game. I mean, come on. Why you got you make do something where the practice squad is a little more fluid or something? You know, carry a larger roster or something. But that'll work. You know, that'll work for sure as far as uh, extending the roster. Uh, please put me in again because. Um, are they, are, are they focused on just unvaccinated players or just people who, who have COVID, I guess, or people who are uh, the shots or not? Because so it's, it's focused on people who, who are not vaccinated, which is the whole entire league with vaccinated or not. Because so it, that's going to get it. That's going to get it regardless whether you yeah. have the shot or not. So if I'm going to play without the shot and, and I get it again, the team's going to forfeit? Yep. That's crazy. So unvaccinated players, they're going to get fined for being outside of protocol. So they're going to get fined $15,000. Like, say, like, if the team says you can't be doing, like, going to do a commercial or something and you do it, you're going to get fined. Now, if you're there and you, you wish him, you, you, um, you wish him, you, you still, you still get COVID, they still going to take and cancel the game and you still going to lose the money. So whether you're vaccinated or not, that's, I mean, why cancel the game? That's the problem. I mean, it seems like they're going to cancel the game based on star-driven type of stuff. I'd rather play the game and lose than than, than get a forfeit because it's not like they're going to cancel the game and not give you the loss. You're still getting the loss. Do both teams get a loss? No. The team that caused the cancellation. So let's say we don't have any COVID cases or nothing like that, and you do a whole a COVID outbreak. Each game that you can't play, you take a loss. <laughs> hmm. 
and you lose, and everybody loses all the money from the players, the coaches, everybody. I just like the fact that the NFL has shown that they have came for some solutions last season. So now during now during the end of last season, now they have protocols for players who are vaccinated, who are, who are not vaccinated. You know, being a bubble here. So now all of a sudden, you come with ideas for, for, for players who are and who are not. The season be close. Now, now you want to you know, hurt the players, hurt the teams, no matter what. I don't, I don't really, I really understand that, man. Hurting the players with in their pockets and, 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 and giving people, giving teams losses. It's not gonna, it's not, it's not gonna end well, man. For the NFL, it's not gonna happen. I don't agree with that. Well, just before we go, everybody, it's no ideas. Original sports we're talking about initially the the NFL and how they plan on canceling games, finding people, and people losing money and with all types of stuff with the COVID. Hey, Ray, me, what's your, me and Theo have been talking about it. What do you think of that whole thing? Yeah, I think it's a little crazy, to be honest with you. I, for some, to some degree, I get it, right? They, they're trying to steer people towards, I guess, getting vaccinated is the point. But I think um, like trying to force people or intimidate people into doing it is a, is a bit much. Um, but I wonder how how early on in the game did they notify people? Was this like a last minute thing where it's just starting to come out now and teams and players are being surprised by it, or did they give them some time? Because it, it almost comes across like it's a last minute kind of thing, you know. I mean, that's what it kind of seems like to me. It seems like like it was because um, I would be surprised if the players wouldn't have started speaking out about it already. It's just weird that they just started speaking out on it now. Like, okay, all of a sudden now we want to start talking about it. So I, th- I, I would think that they just found out too. And then I know you had like the one coach, right, who ended up basically either getting fired or stepping down or whatever that was um, because he wouldn't get vaccinated. Well, it's two now, right? Was it one minute? It's two now. And counting probably. Right. You know, more people are probably going to go out. Right. And then uh, what, what was the receiver? Um, DeAndre Hopkins. The Hopkins, yeah. He, he's talking about retiring or I don't know if he if anything else came of that, but I know he was talking about retiring possibly due to this. I mean, I will say this. I don't think the NFL is going to, if he decides to retire, the person that's going to hurt is him and, I, and the Cardinals. I don't think the NFL is going to be like, well, DeAndre Hopkins going to retire, let's change the policy. So that's something that he should really think about. Like, you know, if it's his belief not to get vaccinated, okay, fine, that's his belief. But they're also not saying that you can't play and not be vaccinated. You just have to make sure that you don't, you, you follow all the protocols and you don't come in there infected. So that's that would be I, I know they have like some additional um, rules that the, the players who aren't vaccinated have to follow. So they're kind of, I guess, making it tougher on those guys um, than they are people who are vaccinated. And so they, they have like a separate set of rules or additional rules and policies in place. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting because I don't think you can fight it both ways. If you want to say that you don't want to be vaccinated, okay, that's one thing. But if you want to say you don't want to be vaccinated and you don't want to follow the protocols, I don't know if they let you, I don't know if you could do that. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be vaccinated, and I don't want to do what you're asking me to do. Yeah, I, I don't think that's gonna go. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna fly. Only Tom Brady could do that. <laughs> yeah. Tom but Bay. what about from, the, from like the coach's standpoint? Um, like, how much hanging out and stuff could those guys be doing? Honestly, the I players mean, I, I get right, but the coaches. <laughs> Coaches seem to have, it must be something there that's making these guys quit. I don't like how strict are the policies for the coaches. Well, you got to remember, there's a whole section of people, even before COVID, didn't, that didn't believe in vaccinations to begin with. A whole group of people. And then, like, you even got people like, like, um, what was the name? Um, John Stockton that was doing ads and publicity with people, like, anti vaccination stuff. So. <laughs> That that's been going on before this. So some people just believe in not not doing it. Then you got people. Some people I believe they say it's like religious things behind not doing the vaccinations. So it's a lot of different reasons why people don't do it. But I mean, to you know, more credit to those guys who had the conviction enough to quit or something. I mean, to do it. But I don't I don't know if it's necessarily going gonna it's not going to change anything as far as the NFL or anything else. Like the do. one thing I wonder is, does this open up the floodgates for other sports? And not even just sports, for other businesses, companies that kind of sort of try to enforce these policies as well. Like is the NFL basically leading, leading the pack, right? Are other businesses now going to start um, putting these strict policies in place or other, other sports, right? Is Next season, is the NBA going to try to implement something similar? I think like like me and Theo were talking about. I think they do have like like the NBA has protocols already or something because you know you have people like that was messing up the playoffs. People violate. The, well, that's why Bradley Bill's not in the Olympics, and that's why um, some of these guys had. That's why Zach Levine had to go back or something or wait because of some protocols they must have either violated or some kind of contact tracing. So it's there. Like as far as like like outside of sports, I think you know all different jobs are somewhat trying to apply maybe a little pressure in different ways. <laughs> so I, I do think eventually they're going to come up with ways where people going to either get it or it's going to be some kind of issue. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think that just seems to be like the way all the, all the different places are moving. It's, I mean, it's unfortunate that it conflicts with a lot of some people's beliefs, you know, some different people's thought process and stuff. And plus, on top of it, it's not exactly been proven to be 100% safe. It hasn't been through the FDA stuff. I mean, so people who are doing it, they're doing it electively and stuff. So there's some different things there, you know. But as far as like the way things look like they're going to go, it looks like it might get worse before it gets better as far as like how this vaccination stuff's going to happen. Yeah, because yeah, I think I think going out the gate with the vaccination, I think that the thought process was there's going to be vaccination in the whole world. Everybody's just going to jump on board. But I think from what I've seen, I think only like 40 percent of Americans are vaccinated or something like that, 40, 50 percent or maybe 60 percent. But I don't think it's what? 51 percent? Yeah, 51 percent. I, I think they thought that would be much higher. That, that's what I think. I think they thought it would be much higher. So now this is where it starts getting a little funny about how you, you know, how you gonna go about getting it done if you really want it to happen. Yeah, so that's true. 
So uh, an interesting point that I brought up here about the Olympics or something. We already took our first loss to France today. So, <laughs> look, I see you shaking. <laughs> we lost to Rudy Gobert and Evan Fournier. So, I mean, do we really think this is a gold medal team or something? I mean, Kevin Kevin Durant found out in the Olympic game. I think the leading scorer was Drew Holiday, who just got there. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of an embarrassment. I still wouldn't rule them out just because it's the U.S. Um, but now I think they will they win. And if you include exhibitions, one game, two games, maybe I know they lost at least two or three, including exhibition. So now this is one of those things where it's like like a surprise or a shock anymore. This seems like a habit now, <laughs> you know, losing these games and. Like you said, you lose to Rudy Gobert and 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 uh, Fournier. Granted, those guys are—I would say—they're pretty good players. But come on, you know you have a team of me, alleged stars. Some of the other players didn't even play. They didn't even play, so that's that's what's even interested. They didn't even have all their NBA players. So, like even um, Frank Nilakita didn't play. Now, one thing I found, did, did y'all see the clip where, uh, like, they were shooting around Team USA um, and KD hit the three and Dame, Dame looked like he grabbed KD's ball, but for whatever reason, KD kind of went after Bam out of bio. Did y'all see that clip? Yeah. And to me, I don't know, that, that kind of, like, sums up where they are right now, where it seems like there's zero chemistry because... I mean, in past on past teams, I've seen interactions like that, but it was it had like a joking feel to it. But to me, it seemed like KD was kind of serious with him. I I got a funny a, a sad thing to say about this, right? All right, we got KD on that team that won, right? We got Drew Holiday and Middleton that won, right? You got other than that, I mean, let's let's be realistic. I hate to say it. Most of the people on this team are losers, perennial losers. They they, they they might make the playoffs, they get in, they don't win. For one reason or another, their teams don't win championships. Those are the teams we always talk about. They're missing a player or they need to know how to win or they don't have the leadership and all that stuff. And it looks like nothing's changed. Like You got the same guys. Like The most experienced people are the guys that came, Katie and Draymond Green. Everybody else on the team... They have, some of them never made the playoffs and they never been out of the first round. They nah, might have left out in the finals or something. Now, nah, I get picking players for, for need sometimes, but to me, like, I think Julius Randle was disrespected right off the back when they picked Kevin Love over him. Yeah. Then you follow it up by selecting JaVale McGee again over him. <laughs> then Trey Young was tweeting constantly, you know, putting he out there. Not- he, wanted, yeah, he wanted to join the team. Julius Randle made what all second uh, NBA, yeah, second team or something like that, and this guy can't even—he's begging to, to play, and he can't even get an invite. You got Javale McGee out there. Granted, I get yeah, you need a big man, big down low presence, this and that. But how many big men are there in the in Team USA basketball that's going to dominate down low? But you need a, a, a conventional big man. So just for that reason alone, I, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing him lose. Because I mean, like their selection process needs to be reviewed. I mean, uh, I'll tell you, go ahead, Steel. I'm sorry. Well, 
Team USA is one and three last four games. Glenn <laughs> <laughs> um, Hill has done a terrible job putting the team together. He's the guy who got put the team together with Grant Hill. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I learned that today. Um, that being said, um, is game, games like this, so I guess, uh, you know, looking like this, make me think back to Milwaukee Bucks, super teams, in the theory that you need super teams to win. And when the last, what, week and a half, two weeks, we've seen teams with chemistry win championships and be the team that have an all-star one through 12. France. France have chemistry. Yeah, they can play. Nigeria has chemistry. Team USA don't have that chemistry. No. Milwaukee Bucks have chemistry. Without with one main uh, superstar. Yeah. You know, but they don't have a a, a two point guard until Drew got there. That's number one. Everybody knows shooting threes, and the offense is what I call your turn, my turn offense. Yeah. Yeah. That's the offense because everybody is much. Everybody is known for being the main player on the team. You know, being the man, Chicago, back and forth. So now yeah. you're saying your turn, my turn. All right, Ring, you go. All right, it's my turn. All right, Rob, I can y'all. Nah. So my, I think, I think, and plus, coach too as well. I mean, uh, Pop ain't doing a good job, man. I don't no. Know, I, don't know, I don't know if he's scared to put his foot down. Yeah. But I can have certain roles and swatting pride for sure. That's number. That's number one. But the offense is is is, is, is your is, is your turn, my turn, and they could be nobody in Tokyo. That's for sure. I mean, I think it goes back to what what Reem said, I and it's sad to say because I think that I think that in other teams, Popovich didn't probably didn't have to tell those guys who the guys should be getting the ball, who should. Because realistically, if I'm Popovich at this point, I'm telling them, listen, you see this guy with the number thirty-five or the guy that plays with number thirty-five on the shirt, Kevin Durant, you guys play around him. He doesn't have to give you the ball. He should just be playing his regular game. The rest of you guys could got to move down for him. But yet, and still, even him, he's like, you know what? I'm going to lay back or whatever. Realistically, he's the guy. Right. It'd be hard-pressed to find a team that he's on that he's not going to be the guy. So, To me, I wonder how much this highlights exactly how good LeBron James is. Because if he was out there, I'd like to believe none of this would be happening. You know, well, like they definitely wouldn't be losing one out, winning one out of the last four games or whatever it is for sure. One thing I would think would lead that team. Yeah, that's the thing where LeBron is head and shoulders better than these guys. Because LeBron, LeBron will be smart enough even to know that he's not the number one scorer, but he would make sure that they all knew who should who the ball should go to, and he would make sure the right people get the ball. Even if they had a guy like Chris Paul, he would make sure that the right guys got the ball. Some guys would be sour, but. That's just the way it is. Like, I mean, I hate to say it, these guys are all stars in their own right, but if we break down the NBA, we talked about it before, there's stars, there's all-stars, and there's superstars. There's one superstar on that team. The rest of you guys are NBA all-stars, you know, stars on your own team and stuff like that, but you guys are not Kevin Durant. But the thing is, I got a funny feeling. To me, it seems like they think they are. Like Damian Lillard in his mind probably feels that he's at the same level as this person or this person feels like the same level when they're not. They're just not. Right. And, you know, I, I like you said, guys that have chemistry in teams, like 
I just see a guy like a Middleton coming on there and Holiday and stuff realizing I don't think they would think that they're better than Kevin Durant. You, you understand what I mean? Because they play in a structure where they already understand how that type of playing works. Mm-hmm. I don't think I do that. The funniest thing, though, is the other guys who, who that we always talk about looking for the player, looking to move and don't lead, don't win. I don't think they understand that, that part of them not winning is probably themselves. I actually learned a lot about Bradley Bill in this process. Bradley Bill will never leave Washington. You know why? Because he's not built for being, he's not built for criticism. If you listen to what he said, he was like, Popovich can be tough. You know, he, you know, he shows you love, but he lets you know whatever. He could have came back, right? Right. Same way he did. He decided not to. So he's always going to be in Washington. You know why? Because they're going to love him. They're not going to push him. The coach is going to get fired if they don't work with him the way he wants to be worked with. But they never going to win. So it's just, he's either going to be in or whatever. He's either going to be in, I think, or with a, one of those super teams. <laughs> you know, I could easily see him going that route, too. Well, yeah, he can't go any place where he's expected to be held accountable. He's going to have to go to place like he would be perfect on the Clippers where he could be with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. They could show up to practice whenever they want to. Or, you know, or, or not have to do certain things. That's where he's type of place he needs to be in. Hey, hey, fellas, you know, I guess we all watched the end of part of the last few minutes of the uh, Oko games. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm puzzled to the fact that these guys were down by two points. And nobody tried to tie in with, with a two point shot, with a mid range shot, or try to go out to the tie in. Everybody was uh, uh, a three point shot attempt, miss, get a rebound, go back out. Nothing point to miss. Go back, get a rebound, go back out. And I'm like, can somebody just go to the hole and tie the game up and, and, and go go a uh, little overtime or, or more minutes? But how about one that looked to my mind was like, okay, I know Devin Booker is new on the team, but I would have Booker on there before I have uh, Levine out there. Levine be breaking about the shoot game. His shots is bad, awful. And while the Levine game instead of Booker, Booker gotta be out there. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I would have Booker out there over, over Levine in, in clutch situations. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much sure next game you're going to see a different starting lineup. I mean, some of these guys, the sad thing about it is that they like, like you did say, Popovich is not doing his best job because realistically, some dudes' feelings should be hurt next game. The next game, KD should be the four, Middleton should be the three. Booker should be the two, and Drew Holiday should be starting over Lillard. And you start Bam at the five. That's mm-hmm. what they should be playing because the guys you put out there, even Booker at this point, everybody's going to at least attempt to play defense or whatever. And with them, those guys are used to playing in a system where they're not always going to get the shot or be the guy. So you need some people out there that realize, listen, well, Kevin's going to get us the ball, but when we need to get the basket, we need to get the ball to Kevin. Because he's sitting there with his hands out doing this crazy stuff, you know, holding his hands out waiting for the ball, not realizing that James Harden ain't there to give it to him. And if he don't, and listen, man, he's, you know what? what KD is one of, KD, what makes him good is that he is not a volume shooter. Like, he's not going yeah. to take 30 shots. So if you don't give him the ball, he's not going to fight for it either, which is bad. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. They'll just let them go out there, shoot, lose, and go home and like whatever. 
Which is not necessarily the guys you want representing the country either. <laughs> you know, whole team shooting three ain't win, ain't win no championship, man. That's, that's you, you know what, there. That's the worst. That's the ever since that that crazy ass analytics stuff started by the Rockets with the shooting the threes and going to the basket, the mid range after the finals, right? They had a statistic that with the Bucks and the Sixers, not the the Bucks and the Suns took the most mid range shots in the last like decade or something a lot because. 27% of the shots were, were mid-range shots between Middleton, Booker, Chris Paul, and um, somebody else. Almost all of their shots were mid-range shots. Probably Holiday. Yeah, Holiday, yep. Yeah, between Paul, Holiday, Middleton, and Booker, they all shot mid-range shots, <laughs> which is completely against all the analytics that they try to push on people. Right, right, exactly. And Middleton... Yeah, I'm, so, I'm sorry, man. Every time, every time Buck needed a big shot, who made a shot? Middleton. Middleton. Yeah. Every three, three. yeah. You know what? It was a mid-range shot from the free throw line. It would take a good side of the coach yeah. It was a mid-range shot all the time. Yeah. yeah. I think the, the, the mid-range shot is a good shot. I, I just think, um, like, originally the whole don't take those type of shots stems from people taking those long twos. Yeah. If you get away from the long twos, if you get a screen and roll and you got a, a foul line extended jump shot open, take it. As long as you're not taking those long twos where your foot is on the line and you right by the three-point line. Other than that, I think the mid-range is a good shot. Like, I think Julius Randle this season um, took a lot of tough long twos. Yeah, he did. So I think those are the type of shots that people need to get away from. But those normal mid-range, you get the screen and roll pull up. Right. I think that's a great shot. Because I mean, now dudes are guarding you to go all the way to the hole based on, like you said, the analytics. So that mid-range, that's Booker made a living off of it. See, I, I think the sad part about it is that they're teaching kids all the way wrong from the beginning now, all the way through. So what happens is, is they teach kids, that's why you got all these kids whining and complaining and people not getting back and everybody complaining to the refs. Think of it this way, right? Most of the, and I can speak to New York City alone, we all could. We're not the tallest state of basketball players. Like our New York City players, the point guards are not 6'3". <laughs> we are 5'8", you know, 5'6", to 5'. We are 6 feet and under generally, right? So I'm teaching a kid. 6'3". <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I'm taking a kid that's that five six or five seven, right? And I'm telling him, right, when he beats his man, right, to run to the big guy, not to take the shot in between where you stop, where you stop, run to the big dude. And then when you run to the big guy, you get blocked or he you run into him and you fall or something. Complain to the ref. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's crazy because. When you beat her, the whole purpose of beating the guy off the dribble is to get an open shot. It's not to run to the next guy that to defend you. You beat the defender, you get the open shot, not beat the defender and run to the next defender. And that's why a lot of times, too, you think about it, our players that end up really good, sometimes it's hard to adjust on the next level, too. Because when you go to college, the guy in the back is going to be 6'10 now. Like you said, Kareem, he ain't going to be 6'5". So all that stuff you learned about running past this guy and running in there because you was 5'7 and the center was 6'3 and you probably could jump higher than him. Mm -hmm. You're not going to do that to a 6'10 dude. You're right. going to run in there and you're going to swat it in your face or you're going you're gonna to get knocked to the floor and you're going to be looking at the ref like I got fouled while they running back down the other end of the court. 
Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. just how basketball is. Mo, how many how many guards you see standing there complaining with the ref while the ball is going down the other end of the court? A lot. That's a good point. Yeah, you just they're teaching people the wrong way now. You beat the whole purpose of beating the guy off the dribble used to be to get the open shot, not beat the guy off the dribble and run to the other guy. Let me beat him and let me run to the big dude standing there. Plus, I wonder in terms of USA basketball, I wonder how much of this three-point shooting from uh, from the U.S. is is the the closer three-point line. Because usually, you know, they see that line and people's eyes start widening up, you know? Yeah. Isn't the ball a little smaller, though, too, or something? Uh, it's usually, yeah, something crazy like that, too. So a little smaller ball, slightly smaller ball with a closer three-point line. These guys are, like like Theo said, these guys are just nothing but threes. Yeah, and nobody making threes, mind you. Nobody, even Durant, making any shots, man. <laughs> hey, let's, listen, let's, move, let's move to a positive thing. Do we think the... I, I personally, I'm going to start off, I'm going to say I don't think they can, but do you think the Bucks can repeat? Uh, I wouldn't rule them out, uh, but I'm not... They're certainly not my favorites heading into the season. I would go with the Nets. Assuming they're healthy, which is a big assumption, right? Yeah. Assuming Kyrie decides he wants to continue playing basketball all season long, especially when the playoffs roll around, as long as the Nets stay focused. And again, you can't predict injuries, but as long as nobody gets injured, any major injuries, then I'm going with the Nets um, coming out of these. Even the Hawks, I wouldn't be surprised. Assuming they continue, even though I, from my understanding, didn't their owner say something crazy like, He's looking to break the team up or not looking to... Supposedly he said something crazy on the Hawks. So, I, you know, I started to say maybe them, but it seems like the owners held bent on moving the team backwards or something. That's how um, Grant Hill involved in that foolishness, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, I, I wouldn't rule the Bucks out, but I, I, get, I got the Nets as the favorite coming out of the East. Uh, I could see happening. Because what, what I don't believe is Brooklyn having all three players in the finals. They'll have two out of three. <laughs> when I have all three. And I, I beat that wholeheartedly, too. So, with two I mean, in, who, who knows? I got to go. I, I would say, you know what? It's, it's kind of like it's a toss-up. Like, if they are healthy, if they're healthy, if they're fully healthy, there's no team that's going to be better than them in the league. But okay. they haven't proven that they could be healthy, so... You never know what you're going to get from them. And I don't, looking at the rest of the teams in the East, I don't think any other teams in the East would beat the Bucks besides them. Agreed. Yeah, I don't think any of them. And yeah. I, don't, I will tell you this, I don't think the, I think the Suns, I don't know, well, you know, aside, I don't think the Suns, listen, I don't think they're finished, but they got kind of exposed a little bit on a few things too. Like, I don't believe in the Clippers at all. I'm going to be honest with you. I have no belief in the Clippers. Yeah. You know, I think the Clippers. I don't. I'm hearing Kawhi may not sign back, so I don't believe in the Clippers at all. I mean, the Lakers will be healthy. LeBron and AD will be there, and it always seems like some fool is willing to sacrifice the rest of their career to play with LeBron for the league minimum. So there'll mm-hmm. be some fool doing that this year. Yeah, supposedly, uh, Lowry and, and DeRozan may be interested in going to the Lakers on the package deal, both of them. I got an interesting thing to say about that, right? So, if I'm Lowry and I'm DeMar DeRozan, right? The only reason you do that is because you must love each other. Because I'm going to tell you right now, 
Kyle Lowry already has a ring. This is the last contract he will ever receive in the NBA. If he thinks he's going to make another dollar but after these next two years, he's crazy. So if he's going to give up the, the ability to get $40 million to pass it up for $4 million, more power to him. DeMar Rosen, again, is a guy that shoots mid-range in a league that they're trying to get kids not to shoot mid-range. So he's going he's gonna to put himself in a position that if he plays for $4 million or whatever now, he'll never make more money. He better continue to think he's going to play for that. So they really need to think this through. Rosen, DeMar Rosen doesn't have a ring. Kyle Lowry's crazy. If they were, to me, if they were smart, they would try try to love each other on a team that has cap space. Yeah, like love each other right? on New Orleans or something like try, that. Try to convince the Knicks. Hey, I mean the Knicks would take them, but you know, you know what happens? The Knicks would probably. Well, I don't even think the Knicks have to do a sign and trade. I think they got enough money to do it. Yeah, yeah, they they have enough cap space. But if they you know, want to invest in those two. What I think the Knicks should do is they should continue to wait for Atlanta to be the fools that they are. Because what's going to happen is either John Henson, I keep watching the TV and seeing them wanting to give Cam Reddish away. The Knicks right now, if they gave the 17 pick, Cam Reddish would be on the team. So if they're foolish enough to want to give Cam Reddish away, the Knicks should take them. You know what? Yeah, we'll give you the 17 pick for Cam Reddish. So you just draft some other guy that's not going to be able to do anything. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, that's getting two-thirds of the band back together, so to speak, right? With Reddish. Now you got RJ over there. Mm -hmm. Now you just convince Zion at some point, right? See, that's the crazy thing, too. That's one team that the Knicks could do a deal with, too. So if the Knicks really wanted Lonzo Ball, they could do a sign-and-trade for RJ Barrett and Zion, and them will support that right away. Yeah, sure would. Yeah, he he would. You would have to give me more than Lonzo for him. You know, I think I, I like Lonzo. I would love. They to probably would try to give you Lonzo, but you don't want the other guy they're gonna give you. They're gonna want you to take that Stephen Adams money. Don't get me wrong; he's serviceable, but that's a lot of money. I think Stephen Adams still got two or three years at twenty million per. Right now, they would take uh, Kevin Knox for Stephen Adams just to dump his contract. Dump his I have to attach some picks to. to oh, Steven I heard another crazy I heard another crazy deal. I heard that. Um, that New Orleans might trade um, Eric Bledsoe in the 10th pick just for the 17th pick, straight up with Memphis, just to get rid of him. Yeah, because they want to they get rid of that contract. Yeah. He has at least probably two years left on it. We all know yeah. New Orleans is a small market team. Now, I think they're on the way up, obviously, with Zion, but they're a small market team. So who wants to pay Bledsoe um, and Steven Adams, you know, and, and the small market team still losing? It's a lot of money tied up in those guys. Yeah. I mean, while we talking about the NBA, we might as well continue going through it. What do you think about CP3 staying? I mean, I think it's a 50-50 thing. I don't think it's like a clear cut that he stays because the one thing about CP3 is he's not he's not Lowry. CP3 wants his, his money. So if the, the Phoenix Suns don't pony up the money, he will definitely leave. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a given. I think he would be wise to stay, assuming they offer him a decent deal. Decent meaning good money. You know, he's obviously, like you said, he's opting out for a reason. What is he leaving, 40 million on the table or something yeah. like that? So you're not yeah. gonna get him for two years, 50 million, 60 million, right? When he has one year, 40 and change or whatever it is. Yeah. You're gonna have to give him a deal that's at least 
I don't know how many years, but a hundred plus million at least. Yeah. And if they're I mean, not willing to, I'm sure other teams will be. I'm sure the Knicks will throw some money at them. Would you give them four for 120? Because I think that would get the bill done. If I'm Phoenix, I, I think I would. You know, would the Knicks give them four for 120? That's a question. From the, I, I, I think they would, whether it's a wise move or not. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think the first year, next year, if you do that, next year, it'll look great. Even year two, it may look great. There's three and four of that deal. I may be a little concerned. If you give me a team option for year four or something like that, I may be inclined to do it. But obviously, CP3 is 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 not going to want to do that, right? Nah, I, I couldn't see. He, he, he's like, he's exactly. just He's historically chased the money because remember, people thought he was going to try to fight his way out of OKC. He was like, nah, I'm good. He's going to get his money. And and think about it. Think about what he did over there in OKC. He made them a a relatively decent team. They were like up and coming until he left. I will tell you this. If CP3 were to go to the Knicks, I, I might have to put him in that category close to being able to beat the Bucks too. Because I think he's in the ball. What happened? Who's shooting the ball? <laughs> he, he, had, he, had, he had Cam Johnson. He got Booker. Yeah. Even Jay, even Jay Crowder was, was, was locking down shots. They would have to. They would have put this, They would have to resign Alec Burks and um, the other dude Bullock. They'd have to resign both of them because that's the only way he would work. We would have to sign resign those guys. Maybe try to bring in a JJ Redick to somebody. At that point, you might as well keep Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox could shoot. His problem oh, is yeah. he can't do Yeah. Right? That's Kevin Knox's problem is we drafted him so high and we want to put the ball in his hands and, and because he's, you know, light-skinned, think he's Jason Tatum. And he's not. The guy's just a spot-up shooter. Kevin Knox could shoot. Yeah, Kevin yeah, Knox. Believe it or not, Kevin Knox is, is sneaky athletic, too. He could jump, too. His problem is his ball handling and his motor. Kevin yeah, Knox is never like he's fully engaged. I mean, you can't teach that, though. That's, that's like... I think that's, that's the scary from... thing. That's why Tibbs, you know, is not a huge fan of him because the guy is a low motor and he's out there sometimes like he's lost. Yeah, he ended up on the Cleveland Cavaliers and turned his career around or something. It seemed like every time somebody leaves the Knicks, they wish they'd get better or something. It, it... Put him in a corner and just let him spot up. Kevin Knox will knock down a couple of threes per game for yeah. you. So it's maybe they need to... He has to think too much. Maybe you could put him in a Ben Simmons deal then. <laughs> <laughs> they need somebody who can shoot. Give him Kevin, hey. Kevin Knox and RJ Barrett or something and a, and, a, and a 14th pick for Ben Simmons. Would you do that? To be honest with you, I, no. I, I actually like, I like the direction. No. I like the direction the Knicks are heading in. We got three, mm-hmm. three picks, right? Two, two first yeah. rounders, an early second rounder. I don't know if we'll draft three players, right? We may cash in a pick or two, like to move up or whatever it is. Um, assuming we don't make a bigger deal with those picks, right? And try to trade for some star or whatever it is. But I like the direction. To me, I, to be honest with you, I would probably keep those picks. Um, unless there's a big deal, unless there's a De'Aaron Fox, right? Where you could cash those picks in along with other players or something. Keep keep the the picks draft and continue to build. I think because they're not winning like you just said. 
the Nets favorites, right? Then you got Milwaukee. The Knicks aren't winning anything within the next few years. And they have a young team. Just keep building. See, I think I, I think the one thing that I think the one player that people underestimate that the Knicks probably could get, they can get Damian Lillard. They'd have to give up all of those picks, all of them, which I don't think they would mind doing. Probably a guy like Barrett and Barrett and Obi Toppin, or one of the two. And it was that that probably if you gave him Barrett and Obi Toppin and both those picks, and maybe like a two, 2023 pick, they'll probably do it. It'll help them out or to eat the calorie. They, the salary cap will be better for them. They'll be able to make some moves. The Knicks will have one guy or <laughs> something. But I don't I don't know. Like, to me, some of these deals, like you said, for these big players, I don't know if they move the needle. Plus, you got to see, like, are you committed to Randall being the future? What I mean by that is Randall is good with the ball in his hands. Even bringing a guy like Chris Paul in, He's gonna have to change his game. Cause you're not gonna be pounding the ball with Chris Paul on the team. So you gotta figure out whether you want a point guard, point guard, or you want a two guard slash point guard or something. Some guy that gets six assists and shoots, or do you want what's the name? You want a guy that wants to control the team. Like a guy like Lonzo Ball might be better for the Knicks just because I don't I mean he may want to get a lot of assists, but I don't ever see him like that. He defends well, so that'll help. And what's it? But it's shooting, so it's kind of in between. But, I think it's shooting has improved too. Yeah, it has. It definitely has. But you know, somebody, some of these other guys out there, there's a lot, of, a lot of guys out there. I would take Lonzo on the Knicks in a heartbeat, to be honest with you. And I still may draft the point guard. Um, I mean, I may take. I may, you know, pick up Lonzo as a free agent if I can. If it's a, a decent deal, you know, twenty million per, you probably get him. Um, and I still may draft the point guard. I, I take a, a fly on Sharif Cooper. Why not? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I this unit too. Uh, a backcourt maybe quickly and and Cooper, or you could even throw quickly eventually in the starting lineup with Lonzo move RJ to the small forward. It depends on All who right. you pick up. I'm glad we transitioned to that. So let's let's talk about the nba draft and let's just kind of go through we'll go through and we'll just to look at what we think players and what team need and stuff like that so let's start with detroit and i'm gonna go out and say any player that could do anything <laughs> what do you guys think detroit could you i think they just make it simple take cake uh take cake make it simple <laughs> unless you can get you can squeeze these guys, maybe, because um, I know Houston is supposedly desperate for Cade. Yeah. So if you could do one of those Luca, Trey Young type of flip flops, if you're that sold on, let's say Jalen Green, if you're Detroit, yeah. that is, and you can pick up another asset. But outside of that, just make it simple. I said take Cade with that number one pick. Agreed. Okay, so Houston. Uh, Houston, that's another team. As much as they think they got something, they need everything too. I, I would say, but I would probably go with. J- I would personally. Well, they got they got the other tall dude that he's kind of temperamental. He's pretty good, but you never know whether he's gonna show up to the game either. Wow. But I, guess I, would, I think I would take Jalen Green. Yeah, you got I, Kevin Porter, Kevin Porter Green, and um, who's the, who's the guy that he's woods. Yeah, Christian Woods. You know, Christian Woods once got mad. The reason he left Philadelphia is because he said he was better than Joel Embiid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
Galicia <laughs> confidence in itself, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that at least that's somewhere. Then you got Cleveland. Again, that's another team. I mean, I guess Jared Allen's a good piece. I mean, I like the um, I like the forward dude that they got last year. Oh, uh, Okoro. Okoro, I like him. Yeah. Um, one of those guys are gone, Sexton or Garland. I would personally if you keep Garland. Yeah, Sexton. Because Sexton but, is looking for a max deal. I don't know who he's gonna get it from. He may get it from the Knicks. Um, I hope not. But <laughs> been trading for him potentially. Um, yeah. But yeah, but, like you said. Cleveland, they they are another team that could use just use talent. Yeah, so they, I don't know I, if it's you know Mobley. Even though they have Allen, you may let yeah. Allen walk and do a sign and trade if you really are convinced that Mobley is a because you don't yeah. need both Allen and Mobley. I would say down there, yeah. two picks. So I would just pick up you know whoever's left over. I definitely wouldn't go that point guard route again and, and like draft Suggs or whatever it is, right? Because now you look like uh, remember that year where where the Timberwolves drafted like Johnny Flynn and Ricky Rubio or something, yeah. like back to back. So I wouldn't, I would, well, I would stay away from Suggs. The only the guy I would draft is if another team is sold on Suggs, then you you do you play that that um, chess game, right? Where you draft them and move them and yeah. you know, piece that way or something, but. I would draft the best talent available if I'm now. Uh, Evan Mobley is, is a very good player, man. Yeah. yeah. He, he's, he's tall, got length, dribble the ball. He can shoot threes. So, uh, what's good to man? Got a really good player a few years, few years down the line. I mean, to me, I, if, I, if I was like, as much as, much as some of these guys, I mean, if I was Houston, I might even consider taking Evan Mobley. Instead of instead of Jalen Green, because I, yeah. I think that I think that um, Evan Mobley could play the three in the NBA. I think they just sold on for whatever reason that that backcourt of um, Porter, Porter and Green. Yeah, and the, the thing is, like Porter, Porter, I, I like him. I think the Knicks should have got him, you know. But he's he's a guy. Both of those guys are are volume shooters, you know, yeah. and scorers. So I don't see how how they they mesh in the backcourt together. Porter could dribble as if he's a point guard, right? He could break the defense down, but he's yeah. definitely not looking to pass once he does it, you know. And Jalen Green, I think, is going to be similar, where he's more like a slasher. They're, they're going to be good scorers if they combine those two, but I don't see who's distributing the ball. Yeah. I look at look at the next team, Toronto, and basically this is the reason Lowry won't be back. At this point, yeah. Jalen Suggs will be the, the probably the next starting point guard for Toronto. Even yeah, I, though think they'll, I agree. I think they'll go with the small backcourt again with him and Van Fleet. Yeah, him and Van Fleet. Yep. I think so. I could definitely see that. Orlando, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, I know that you hear about the Barnes guy, Kaminga, you hear a bunch of people, but yeah. Orlando, they have players in these positions already. It's just, you know, you don't, we just don't know. I mean, you figure they they, they got rid of Vujicic. I don't know who the center is unless they're going to start Mo Bombo. Then you got, oh, they didn't they, oh, they, they got um, Wendell Carter, right? Yeah, Wendell yeah. Carter. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. They still got Mo Bombo. They got um, the other dude Isaiah um, Isaiah with the with the thing. They got Markel Fultz. 
They got Cole Anthony. So you got a lot of young guys. I mean, realistically, what Orlando might want to try to do, I don't think they will, is this might have been a good time to try to package something to get a veteran on that team or something because they got a lot of young guys. Whatever. I mean, I don't even know what the – as a matter of fact, Cole Anthony wasn't going to be the starter. Who's the actual starter on yeah, that team? Uh, Fultz. 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 ACL, right? Markel Fultz. Just when he finally started looking yeah, like – Yeah, Markel Fultz. Well, they got rid of Fournier, so I'm guessing it's going to be Fultz and Cole Anthony now. Yeah, that's what I would think. And then, like yeah. you said, um, I can't remember his name, the tall, slim guy. He's coming off a towing ACL too, right? Yeah, was the, yeah he's coming yeah, he, off. Yeah, he tore his ACL, and he was kind of the small forward, good defender. Yeah. Um, I think they just need Jonathan talent Isaac. again, too. Yes, yeah, Jonathan, Jonathan Isaac. Isaac. Yeah, they, I think they just need to draft best talent available, whoever's there. On yeah. the board. Who we'll figure it out later. Who plays two ball for Orlando? It's probably going to be Markel Fultz with Cole Anthony. It was Fournier, right? He was like a two guard slash small forward at one point. I'm sure he's not thinking on Book Knight for UConn. He's, he's a good Yeah, that would be a good one to get Book Knight. He's definitely going to Between Orlando and Oklahoma City, I'm pretty much sure Book Knight will probably be going on one of those. Uh, if you go that route, though, because do you think Book Knight is. is gonna still be there beyond because that's what the fifth pick right yeah you think you pick them at five or do you try to play that game where you slide back a couple of spaces because somebody because i think kaminga seems to have more of a name for whatever yeah, he does i don't i like him kaminga but a team may be willing to give you uh an additional piece of draft pick or whatever it is or a future asset um, to move into five to draft Kaminga if he's still on the board. I think the only thing tricky about that and is you that you can't Kaminga, slide back too far because then Book Knight will be off the board. Yeah, exactly. Kaminga doesn't have a position. That's the only tricky thing about it is that he's a high energy guy, athlete, plays defense and stuff like that. But Book Knight is Book Knight, small forward or Kaminga, yeah, you don't know foul forward. But Book Knight is a two guard, and you know. He yeah. can shoot and he shows some stuff. Right. Him and the guy from Florida State, Scotty Barnes or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys show some stuff. Now, some of these other guys they took him, I don't know too much about. Like, I've seen him play, but I didn't think he was. Did you think Franz Wagner was that great? I didn't think he was horrible, but yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't sold. Yeah, I wasn't. Would, be, I mean, no. would you put like. I seen him predicting him like in the lottery, I, and that's confusing to me to see why he would be picked that high. Especially when you think about it, the Knicks personally know what his brother could do. I actually like, uh, and he's a reach to be like too high, but I like uh, Kisper better than Wagner personally. Yeah, for, for what they do, I, I do too. Um, sometimes, sometimes a college setting to, to kind of deceive your mind. You have yeah. yeah, that's true. A professional workout, you're like, wait a minute. Yeah, that's true. 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 Yeah, that's they got that kid from Australia that he's supposed to be like, let's say, just moving down once you get past Atlanta, Sacramento. Giddy like, or something like that? Giddy or something. That he looked pretty good. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right. I agree. That a team like Charlotte, I mean, I don't know what they could use. I mean, they really could use a big man. Yeah, they got a little big. Yeah, they need a big. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if they're going to find it, you know, in this draft. This draft, yeah. At I mean, position they they're picking. The best big man on this draft, I don't He He might be there. They might take him. Kai Jones from Texas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like him. If I'm but, him, I either I take a fly on somebody like him or I, I'm trying to uh, package this pick for a big man. I'm sure the Knicks, I don't know about this high. Um, I don't think he's worth it. Uh, but I'm sure the Knicks will do something silly and move on from Mitchell Robinson or something. Yeah, that's crazy. I hope not. <laughs> you know, yeah. so I could see I could see the Hornets offer him. Not even this pick. I think they they can give you something else probably for, for Mitchell <laughs> Robinson and the Knicks would take it. I will tell you this, if the Hornets don't go for somebody like Kai Jones, I know San Antonio will because they don't oh they don't have no bigs. They got the one dude from um that came from Toronto and he's not the greatest at all. He he's just basically serviceable. I mean, he plays okay defense, averages about six or seven rebounds and eight points, and he's a starter. So I know they yeah. look to move on from him. I mean yeah. A team like Indiana, I, some of these teams, I can't really see what they, you know, clearly see what they would need. Like, they need, like, just better stuff than what they have or better chemistry because, realistically, what position would you get on um, on that? I mean, if they don't give it a Miles Turner and Sabonis, you got, you know, you got those guys. You got Karis LeBert. You got, um, you got, what's his name? The guy that scores a ton of points that sat out the season because he hated the coach, really. Um... Uh, what's his name? He was on Phoenix. Oh, uh, TJ Warren. Yeah, you got yeah. TJ Warren. They got um, Aaron Holiday. They got the other Holiday on the bench. They got um, what's the dude from um, oh, they got, they McDermott got on the bench. Brogdon. They got Brogdon too. I forgot about him. You got McDermott. I mean, what do they need? Like, I think they need more. Uh, like veterans, I would say, just continue to add veterans to that team. Because I, I don't really see like a rookie coming in there with, with the guys you just named and getting a substantial amount of minutes. I just don't see it. Unless they move some of those pieces and, you know, it seems like they're more than willing to you keep hearing, for whatever reason, Miles Turner's name is is, is out there. Um, maybe they just don't think him and, and Sabonis could coexist. I, even Brogdon, right? Supposedly they offered Brogdon recently in some deal or something and got it was turned down. But Brogdon's name is out there constantly now in deals too. I mean, I, I think to tell you the truth, I think Miles Turner will work out really well on the X with his type of style he plays too. Where sometimes he can step away from the basket to keep those lanes open for Randall to go to the basket and stuff. Plus he defends the, he defends the rim well, hits shots and stuff. I think he would be a good for the Knicks. Yeah, and I don't think I have to give up that much to get them either. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, then you got other teams like Golden State. I mean, Golden State. I mean, I mean, you could upgrade off of Wiggins, but I think he's been he's getting better. He played better this year. Uh, yeah, I like Kelly, Wiggins. Kelly Uber is out of there. He's he's definitely out of there because he's looking for a starting spot. So you might need a backup backup then. Um. As far as the bigs, you got the kid that was the second pick in the draft last year. So, I mean, you want to at least give him a shot. 
for some reason they seem to be at least the right if you go by the rumors yeah they seem to be hell bent on trading them or something if you go by well, the rumors i tell you what if i'm the knicks i'd get in on that one too you want to give well, i seen wiseman play or something that yeah. is <laughs> so if they want to give up on wiseman already i mean i mean some of the people that you look at that you see that i, I could see popping up in rumors with local teams like the Knicks or the Nets is um what's the guy from Sacramento that he keeps trying to get out of there? A tall guy, he was like a second or third pick. Bagley? Uh, what? Marvin Bagley? Yep. I can see him being on the move. Yeah, because I think he is he a restricted free agent? Bagley? I don't know, man. Yeah, but for some reason, <laughs> I know his father made some comments too. He seems to always be in yeah. He seems like one of those guys who just desperately needs a change of scenery. Yeah. I think he could play, but he just seems to constantly be, like no matter what, he, he seems to be, you know, he just can't get right on that team. You know what it is going in his favor. Yeah. He's the type of guy that he would do well on the Nets. You know why? Because he, his father and him need to see him on a team where they can't be sitting around telling, telling everybody he's better than everybody on the team. There's no way he could go to Brooklyn and his father could say he deserves to have this or he should be doing that. And I don't. it's not that he can't go to the Knicks. Tibbs is a tough coach, and he's already a complainer and a whiner and all this other stuff, and I don't know how that's going to go over. If he get traded there and be in Tibbs' dog's house forever, his yeah, father be like a- and stuff, that one won't go over too well. Yeah, he'll be like Kevin Knox over there or something. You know, <laughs> Tibbs plays guys tough and badly, at least so far, early on in his career. He ain't so, sure, yeah. yeah, he's not built for, for a coach. That's not a good fit. Yeah, that's not a good fit. Hell, Bobby Porter's coming back is a good fit. They <laughs> they could bring him back. That wouldn't be bad. He ain't going nowhere. Yeah, 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 yeah they, so either. He's going to get a decent contract and re-up. You know? Yeah, I think so. You guys was talking, it made me think about a trade or idea. Listen, Miles Turner on the Nets would be a fantastic. Oh yeah, that'd be great. That'd that be would great. be great for Brooklyn, man. They get Miles Turner to play middle for them, man. Good God. See, the it's one thing the Nets got going for them is that people think they don't have cap room, but if Spencer Dinwiddie leaves, they got money. Plus, in addition to that, you could always leverage. Not sign those other guys. Yeah, you can yeah. leverage whatever Dinwiddie's going to get as a sign and trade, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Dinwiddie is, you know, some team is willing to pay him twenty million per or whatever it is. Then there's your twenty million in quote unquote cap space, right? Because yep. you can move them now for Evan Turner or somebody making twenty million or so. Yeah. Yeah. So. They, that's that's a chip they can play. I'm sure they're gonna do that. I'm sure they're gonna do a sign. Yeah, and it trade. should be a sign and trade with with Dembele because he's definitely out of there. I would say I don't see him. Yeah, yeah, he's talking about 20 million per. I mean, I think this team, believe it or not, I I think he would do well on a team like New Orleans. I th- I think he yeah, would I do better than. I like Dembele. I think he would do well on the Knicks, to be honest with you. Oh, he would. And I tell you what, if CP3 decides to leave Phoenix, he'd do well there, too. Yeah, I, I, I like him. The only thing that scares me is his health. And and not just because of this torn ACL, but if I'm not mistaken, I think he tore an ACL in college, too. Yeah. So, you know, this is like his second ACL tear, which is a lot. A lot of guys struggle to come back from one. This is number two. 
But his game, to be honest with you, his game is more like he's not an explosive leap or anything. He's more like crafty and shifty. Yeah. Which could also be dangerous though, right? Because you see, that's how a lot of these guys now are tearing those ACLs, not because oh. they're jumping through the roof, but they're doing these Euros and stuff like that. Remember, that's how, that's, how, that's, how Katie's, that's how Katie's Achilles tendon did, was also making up, trying to make a cut. And isn't that how, that's how uh, Markel Fultz may have torn his, right? Either on a hop step or, or you know, on a Euro step. Same yeah. thing with, with um, Jonathan Isaac. So a lot of a lot of these injuries are coming more from hop steps and, and Euros now than they are, you know, these high flying jumps. So that's the only thing I would be concerned about with Dinwiddie is maybe the injury. But from looking at his, his videos of working out, the guy looks good. He looks good. Yeah, he seems like he's in good shape. Again, it's different playing in the NBA game, I would imagine, than working out. But he, he looks ready to go. Yeah. So we got a couple of other like mid team like the Wizards, like Wizards, Oklahoma City, they got two picks, Memphis. Those type of teams like Memphis, I, I mean, Memphis could use talent too. I think they're a team that, you know, if they get this guy back for the full season, Jackson, that'll help. I mean, I, I like the I like the two guard dude. I think he's real tough. He's the he he fouls more than anybody in the league, but yeah, when you watch yeah. him when you yeah, when you watch him play, that dude is a tremendous defender, and he plays with a lot of heart. He really goes after it. I forgot yeah. his name. What's, I forgot his name. I think he's the heart. He's the heart of that team. I would say. Yeah, he's toughness. Yeah, so him and Morant, you know, that's a cemented backcourt. And even this dude just plays well off the bench. Grayson Allen, he comes in and gives them good minutes. And they got Desmond Bain. They got they got a lot of good off the bench back guards. The small who is the smart and small forward over there though? That's the that's the key. Who's starting that small forward over there? Yeah, that's a good question because right now nobody's really coming to mind. So that, that sounds like a position they could probably use. Right, as a as a small forward. I don't even know who they have off the bench at the small forward position. No, I'm, I mean, I know they got this dude, but I don't even think they're going to re-sign him on Justice Winslow. But he never played. Yeah, he never really played. So, I don't, yeah, I, I think that's definitely a position where they could they could choose to choose to, to focus on. Because they don't really have anybody, at least anybody notable that we, we could think of playing that's a small forward. I mean, Oklahoma City, again, that's another team. They just need talent. Then we move down to, to the section where you got the Knicks and Atlanta. The Knicks, Atlanta, and the Lakers. And Houston's got two picks. Was, uh, was this, this guy was there starting small forward. Now that I look at it, I think he was starting Kyle Anderson, right? Yeah, Kyle, yeah, Kyle Anderson. I mean, I like and Kyle. And then uh, the two guard is Dylan Brooks. Yeah, Dylan Brooks, yeah. I like Kyle Anderson, and I think he had one of the better seasons he's ever had, but I definitely think that's a position where they could, could choose to listen and get some more help out. Yeah. Good. Then we got we got the Knicks, Atlanta, and Houston all bunched up in the basically within the next picks nineteen to twenty four is two two Knicks picks, two Houston picks, the Lakers and Atlanta. So, I mean, the Knicks, I could definitely see them going for a point guard. And I could definitely see him going for a big. The only thing is, though, is if you go for a point guard and a big, to me, I would assume that you're going to be keeping some of those other guys. Like, 
if you go for a point guard and big, you can't tell me you're getting rid of Bullock and Burks then too. Because now, now you get you just got a point guard and a big. You done stripped away basically your backup and starting two guard, or it's backup starting two, three, however they want to put it. You have no backups, and now you got R.J. Barrett and nobody else. So I think it's tricky because I think both of those guys, Bullock, um, he's played himself into like I think both of them played their way into a good. Decent contract, right? How it feels, yeah. That's so just... now, sure, you have the ability to retain them, but how much do you really want to spend on? And granted, I like him. How much do you really want to spend on Reggie Bullock? I know he wants to be there, supposedly, right? Because he's yeah, got a lot yeah. going on. Um, and being in New York helps him out with a lot of the causes and stuff that he he advocates for. Yeah. Um, so I know he, he, he likes being in New York, but do you offer Reggie Bullock you know, $10 million, $9 million. Because a lot yeah. of teams supposedly really want them. The Lakers, even the, the Nets were out there. There's a bunch of teams, right, who yeah. may be willing to throw. Like, because I think the full mid-level exception is probably close to $10 million. From now, from yeah. And so, yeah, teams are throwing full med, uh, mid-level exceptions at these guys. $9 million, $10 million for Reggie Bullock may be tough if you're the Knicks. I, I look at both of those guys. Do you want to do it? I couldn't see pay myself paying both of them for both of them. You, like if it's one, it's the eight million dollar range, and if both, I would pay fourteen to fifteen for. If I was keeping both, but I couldn't see myself. It would have to be years. I think that's what that's what gets these players too. So if you offer Bullock eight million dollars. It's probably gonna have to be for four or five years. And to be honest with you, the guy I would probably try to throw that um, that mid-level exception at, because remember, you could pay these guys after you get your free agents if, if yeah. they want to go that route, because they have their bird rights. But the guy I would probably look to bring back and throw the money at would be D Rose. Yeah, oh, we need a point guard, but Derrick <laughs> Rose last year in the playoffs this year looked like the best player on the team. And uh, I think. Well, see, but this could be tough with him because you're not going to pay. He, I mean, unless he just wants to be in New York, he's not taking no $8 million deal. So He, he, he can know, actually get in, 15 probably. Let's say you bring in Lonzo Ball or you decide, you know what, you, I don't want to tie the money up and, and you know, a free agent pouring on I'm going to draft Sharif Cooper or whoever it is. Who better than to teach these guys than Derrick Rose, you know, to me? I would pay Derrick Rose the money before I paid Bullocks and, and Burks, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think he's, he's a better player. Um, even with the injuries, he's better than those two guys. And I think he he would be a hell of a mentor to whoever they bring in at the point guard. Derrick yeah. Rose can honestly start, to be honest with you. I'm just concerned about how many minutes. But he's a starting level talent still in the league. I thought it's been who's out on Bullocks and Burks for some reason. You think so? Yeah, I think I think well enough. They're gonna, I think they're going to get good money. Right. Lakers, like you said, Lakers and Brooklyn, those teams, even Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, you know, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, they're they're going to they gonna pay some money, man, for those, for those guys, Burks and Bullocks, for sure. Because you so, know what? They proved the shooter's valuable. Look at Brent Forbes. <laughs> what I would try to do if I'm the Knicks is... Uh, well, isn't he a free agent? 
sign and trade those guys if teams really want them that bad. Supposedly Phoenix wants uh, Bullock too, but sign and trade them. Even if you don't bring a player back, can you get a like a trade exception that you could? Yeah, you could. Like potentially use later on in the season or something for him. Okay. Yeah, I'll take a trade exception for a guy who I know is is leaving anyway. You want you want uh, um, Burks? I, I take a campaign, let's say, in a sign and trade or something. I'll send you Burks or Bullock over there and, and, and take Cameron Payne back or Cam Johnson or one of those guys because Phoenix supposedly wants um, Bullock. See, Cam Johnson's going over Yeah, they're not getting Cam Johnson. They're not going to get rid of him. You put us with the guys, the guys that they're not getting rid of Cam Johnson and they're not getting rid of the, um, the other dude, the small forward. What's in, um that's what's crazy eventually Phoenix is going to have to make some decisions money wise too you know because Aiton is going to be you're going to have to max Aiton out Um, D-Book got a huge contract but he's going to be up for a renewal before you know it super max in like a year or two or something now you're talking about CP3 right CP3 is not taking no discounts like you said the small forward um, who came from UConn I can't remember his name now um, a villain over rather, right? Yeah, Bridges. Yeah, Mark. Bridges is gonna be looking Cam to get paid. Cam Johnson's gonna want some money too when he comes up. Yeah, he might not get him the max, but he's gonna have to get fifteen to eighteen. Campaign is gonna be looking to get paid, which is why he, he don't ain't want that. Right? <laughs> Cameron Payne is gonna want some money. He he deserves a decent contract. So Phoenix gonna have to now Bullock too. Bullock is not going to Phoenix, let's say, unless he's getting a decent contract. Oh yeah, he's going to want eight to ten, you know, easy ten mil. It's it's oh. crazy the way this money moves around now because you got so like the numbers are so high that you that guys you, you usually wouldn't pay these type this type of money. Like the leagues turn into a specialty league. If you can shoot, you're gonna get paid. That's the bottom line. If you can make shots, you're gonna get paid. You like, like think about it this way. I do think Brent Forbes might have been on a one year deal. I think he might have been on that one and one deal. Brent Forbes supposed to go out and get ten million dollars now. Yeah, he won a championship, right? Yep. Throw that out there, right? I'm a winner. You can shoot, yep. Like you said, he's a decent defender too. Yeah. Some of these other guys I look at like Atlanta who don't know like Atlanta doesn't know whether they want to break up the team, keep the team, or whatever. I don't even know what they're going to draft because they have like a million forwards already. I couldn't yeah. tell you. Trey Young probably needs a backup. I can believe that. He probably needs a backup. They got um, they got uh, uh, one, two. They need another two. Well, I don't even know. You got Cam Reddish. You got the other you got dude. Herder, I think is good, right? They got Herder. You got Hurdle, but remember, they got the other dude they drafted that the only reason that Cam Reddish and them didn't let him play because they were hurt. Remember Cam, remember the dude they drafted like fourth or fifth? What's the name from Virginia? Yeah, he's good. Yeah, um, DeAndre yeah, Hunter, right? Yeah, he's yeah. He the Knicks. Yeah, DeAndre Hunter. Yeah. yeah. He destroyed the Knicks in that series and then got hurt again. Yeah, so you think about it. They got Hunter, Reddish, um, Herder, Dalinari, whatever. I mean, oh, Bogdanovich, too. So, <laughs> you got how many twos and threes you gonna have? I mean, I know they be trying to throw Gallinari at the power forward a little bit, but we all know that's not useless. Yeah, he's a small forward. Yeah, but you got too many twos and threes, so I guess that's why they're willing to let Cam Reddish go. 
So they probably got to get a, a backup point guard, or we might have to head. They might keep Cam Reddish because Henson might be gone. Uh, yeah, Collins, right? Collins, yeah, Collins, yeah. Collins might be gone. So you never know. I think, I think they should bring him back. They're gonna have to pay him, but I think they should bring him back because, like you say, he's he's a legitimate power forward. The rest of these guys are two guard slash small forward. So if you let's say you let him walk, you don't really have a replacement for him right now on the roster. Or actually, they do. They got the other big from who played well, but he ended up getting hurt. Oh right? wait a minute, wait a minute. Right? Oh, they actually. Uh, what am I talking about? Then they draft the power forward, some dude, yeah. like with the tenth pick last year, or something. Not even tenth, wasn't he like the fifth pick or fourth yeah. pick, or yeah, from yeah. US, Is it USC or from yeah. one of those teams? He yeah. played well against the Knicks too, didn't he? Yeah, oh, he played limited so minutes, but he played well. Yeah, they drafted another guy. Maybe that's their plan. Maybe they figured they could start. So, yeah, they, yeah, they may be able to let Collins walk and slide slide him in because I, I think he I think he is he, he's like a power forward. Yeah, they drafted him last last year. So yeah, that might be their plan. I, I still think they have uh, like they're still crowded at the two and three spot though, even with letting Collins walk. But yeah, I, I don't know if I would max out, let's say, Collins when I got that guy. Because the guy was good. I can't remember his name, but he was pretty good. Um, Kongu or something yeah, like that. Kongu. Yeah, Yeah, he's, he's good. Yeah. I think he's pretty good. I mean, the crazy the crazy thing is that I really think that was him. That before, from what, what I read, understandable that the, before the playoffs, the last couple of games, Cam Reddish was going to be traded probably. But after that, Cam Reddish came in was the only person that was actually doing something besides Trey Hunt, Trey Young, um, Trey yeah. Young. And remember, this guy's gonna be looking to get a decent deal, right? Lou Williams. Yep. Yeah. He already saying he wanted, you know, he ain't take taking that Atlanta hometown, you know, discount. <laughs> Granted, he's not gonna get anything crazy, but he's not looking to to sign, you know, a veteran minimum contract for sure. Yeah. So Lou go to the Knicks. Um, I'm looking at point guard. I'm looking at the dude. I like. I tell you the truth. Everybody's in love with the dude from Baylor, but he's kind of smallish. I actually like that dude from West Virginia. I thought he was tough. My um, Miles was this guy. Oh, McBride. McBride. Yeah, he, yeah. he was tough. Like he. Yeah, I take he's him. A, on he's an ex football player type of dude too. So. He's a real tough dude. What I like about him too, he's a tough defender, which fits yeah. in right with the Knicks right away. And what I like about him is um, the dude is, I, I think the Knicks need players that are like crafty, right? Yeah. He's they have too many, too many guys that's one dimensional, can only go in a straight line. Like RJ is strong, he's tough, but he don't yeah. can go in a straight line. Occasionally yeah. he'll do a Euro and you're like, oh, you know, where did that come from? But they don't have too many of those type of guys. I think that's what the Knicks need. Yeah. And then the, the other guy I think the Knicks would take, and I, I think I think people might give, give the Knicks flag for it, but I would take him as Isaiah Jackson from Kentucky. If I walked away yeah, from this draft with uh, McBride or, or, let's say, Cooper and yeah. Jackson, I, I wouldn't be. And plus, they got the 32 pick, too. Yeah, because the way I see it with Jackson, too, is as much as people want to have him, I think Jackson could serve a similar role to Noel because the Knicks got to pay him too if they want to keep. Yeah, I would. I would let Noel walk. I might even let not let him walk, but I may even think about trading Mitch if the 
you know, deal is right. And the reason why I say that is let's say you draft the Jackson, right? I think Jackson could be plug and play, similar yeah. role to Noel and Mix, like you just said. And yeah. if you can't, you could always bring in um, like a cheap big, I think, for what bigs are used for these days. You could bring in JaVel McGee to block shots or something. Yeah, That's to get, you know, on occasional. You could even yeah, bring in uh, $2 million. Yeah, play 20 minutes. What's the big who's always, um, he's always disgruntled. He was on the Kings. Um, um, you talking about the dude that could score or something? That he was uh, on, that's on Whiteside, right? That's on Whiteside, yeah. yeah. Bring him in for cheap, <laughs> you know. Bring, there's so many of those type of bigs, I think, that you could bring in for relatively cheap. Put this way. They could let Mitch go and let, um, let, let Noel go and bring in the dude from Sacramento. He's a little short, but he played better than both of them. Oh, um, yeah. Rashad Holmes. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's going to be looking to get paid, but yeah, he's better than both of those two, I think. Yeah. Holmes. Yeah. The PLA for the Knicks is a guy named the Chris Duarte for Oregon. Oh, yeah, I know you're yeah. talking about. He'll be yeah. a three and D player, I think. He's, he's tough. Real, man. He's tough. He can make shots, so he can make shots. Well, <laughs> <laughs> bring back Bullock of Birch. He's one of those guys to go, definitely. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he, yeah, he's, he's along those lines as them. He's one of those type of dudes. Yeah, I think the no, reason why he's even, I think the reason why he's falling back in the draft and is, you know, due to no fault of his own is I think he's 24 years old already. He's old. He's a, the sad thing about he's it is 23 or 24, something like that. Being a senior hurts you. That's sad, but yeah, but playing four years actually hurts a player now. Yeah, yeah he's exactly. a four-year player, but it, it shouldn't hurt him, but it is. I think the guys that's taking a hit quietly on the, on the people are not paying attention to is those Baylor players ain't as high up on people's lists as what people felt for Davion Mitchell and all those guys. I mean, I like the, them. I like guys. both of them. I know, but didn't Butler have uh, like the he he was cleared to play, but he had the heart thing, right? Right. Yeah. Like he had that heart concern, but I know they they did clear him, but you know that is probably red flag still all over teams board. With him, sorry, he, he's gonna slip. These last couple of teams, they all like you know. Besides Houston, that's just gonna pick best player available. You got the Clippers. I don't know what they're gonna take. They, the, the Clippers best are probably like, yeah, best player. Denver, that I don't know what they're gonna take because they really a lot of these teams don't really have minutes for guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Nets they would be good off if they could take a big guy. You know, that would be the to me. That's the only position on the Nets. That and you're laugh, big guy and point guard. Because again, like like Theo said, you don't know what the hell is gonna happen with Kyrie. So you might need to have a good a good point guard or something. And I thought the guy they brought in the point guard. Um, I thought oh, he, yeah, he's good. Right? Yeah, I think he's pretty good. I think he'll get in last minute. He'll go in the camp. He'll get to stick around. Yeah, I like him. I think he should stick around. Philly, they they need. Philly, they need to stop using the power forward as the point guard or whatever. Maybe they need to get, get a point guard and let Ben Simmons just get to the paint or something. That might help. And yeah, Phoenix, and Utah, Phoenix and Utah, I don't know. I mean, Phoenix, I don't think you could draft the heart. I mean, <laughs> I don't think you could draft that in Utah. I mean, Phoenix, I tell you, you know what disappointed me? Phoenix, I would, if I had those kids on my team, I would have cut their ass. Dude, if you go to the basket and you avoiding contact, trying not to get hit, trying to, I don't want you on the team. Like, Giannis had these guys so shit they wouldn't even go to the basket. 
So if Giannis was in front of me in the basket, I was going to basket, you know what I would have tried to do? I'd have tried to slam it on Giannis every single time. Eventually, they would have gave me a foul call or something, or you'd have broke his fingers. If you'd have put your hands in my way, you'd have been trying to, bro, I'd have been trying to dunk it from my ankles on him. You know, it was. was trying to make all types of layups, flip it over their head. Once they seen, uh, <laughs> once they seen what happened to Aiden, right? Yeah, <laughs> they didn't even go to the basket yeah, no more. Once Aiden got blocked on that on the alley, yeah. you could tell nobody else wanted to go in there. <laughs> yeah, think about it. Aiden didn't even dunk the ball. I'm like, yo, dude, I see you seven feet make another take another layup, whatever. I'd rather have Chuck you playing like Charles Smith out there or something. Yeah. Phoenix is a physical team, though. So you can yeah. buy to be what they're not, man. You know, you went to the pump because you got to shoot three points all the time. Phoenix not might make another dude like Ray Crowder on the roster. Maybe they need to pick up Justice Winslow or somebody like that. I do agree to some to some degree with a lot of what people are saying that Phoenix was there because some of these other teams were hurt. Yeah, yeah. I do think not to take anything away from them, and I think they they you know, hit their peak at the right time going into the playoffs. They play well all season, too. Um, and I think they really peaked at the right time going into the playoffs. Um, but they, I think they were there because the Lakers were hurt. You had Denver hurt. Utah was all banged up, right? Yeah. Mitchell was coming back from that ankle injury. And the list goes on and on. And that's not to take anything away from them. I don't think they were ready to be there. Like the Bucks went through st- stages to get there. Phoenix was yeah. the worst team in the league last year, right? Or one of the worst, and they jumped all the way to the final. Yeah, they played well in the bubble and it just carried over. So, right. no, and I, I think this is just a, a step for them. It was a great learning experience, assuming they bring CP3 back. Um, I think they'll, I don't know if they'll be back right away, but it's a good step for them, um, a good yeah. learning experience. But like going back to the draft, I don't know if you're in, but you draft, you already have. I don't know. Do you go out there? Uh, I think what they need is another. They need an enforcer. I think you I don't need know. And that the draft, yeah, you need somebody tough. I think Crowder plays that role well. The only thing with Crowder though is I think Crowder's is kind of you know it's tough, but it's it's he rubs me with some of his stuff too, you know. You know, um, it's hard for him to back up some of his stuff. What, what hurt Phoenix is that dude from Illinois should have came out. They could have used him to big call him Kofi or whatever. Kofi Coburn. They needed a dude like that. <laughs> I don't know where this guy is at, but I thought that's why they drafted this guy. Remember the big man, the, the uh, muscle guy they drafted from Maryland? Yeah, he didn't even get to play. I don't think he's on the run. Who was the goggles? Yeah. yeah, the guy wearing the goggles, right? He was supposed to be right. like an enforcer. What happened to him? He didn't even get to play. And he was I a top pick. He was like a lottery pick, wasn't he? Yeah, he played well for Maryland, too. They didn't even give him a shot. Yeah, he was like drafted number 10 or something crazy. And I think he, like, based on his style of play, he's one of those type of guys that they could have used in, in that Buck series. Because that's what Portis was doing, right? Port, Port. Portis was just pushing people around getting physical. Yep. yep. And they didn't want no part of that. Who's what was? Yeah. Oh, you talking about Jalen Smith. Yeah, I thought that's why they drafted him, because he Phoenix was known over the years for being relatively soft. You know who could have helped them too? They didn't give a lot of minutes, but he when he got out there he played for the physical Tory Craig too. But he yeah, I think, a lot uh, of minutes. Yeah, I think 
he ended up. I, I forget. He got hurt. He yeah, yeah. He hurt, hurt, hurt his yeah. knee. Yeah. And then after that, he was kind of. Yeah, yeah. Him and remember, Sark hurt his knee first. Yeah, he tore his ACL. And then, Sorry. then Tory Craig hurt his knee, and he was out. And then the other guy, he's not physical. Kaminsky, right? Yeah, he's out on the perimeter trying to shoot threes. That's the last thing they yeah. needed was another <laughs> guy shooting threes. Yeah. Well, man, let's moving off of basketball. Listen, Theo, you're talking about expert Theo head. Did you get a chance to see that Jamel Charlo fight last week? What you, yeah, what'd you think of that? <laughs> he said, yeah, I saw it. Did he, yeah, man, was it a draw? What is your thought? I, I watched it twice. Um, <laughs> a lot of people, you know, a lot of people say he lost. A lot of experts thought he lost. A lot of boxers, his, his peers thought he lost. Yeah. Um, he got worked. You know, he might have hurt a guy a few times here and there. He got yeah. hurt him as well. Yeah. Um, I just got, the guy I worked him from every side category, the guy I worked him. I, I had a guy win, win, win about uh, 115, 113, man. I, but, I thought uh, the guy won too. Yeah, I, I was very disappointed, Charlo. Yeah, based on <laughs> based on how him and his brother him off a lot. Yeah, and it showed that uh, you know he could be pressured. He can't fight backwards. You know, when yeah. he fight backwards, he, he gets hit a lot. You know, so a lot of guys who fight forward and backwards or, or lateral. He's showing that he can't fight backwards. He got got you know he stands there. He got to be going forward. Like going forward, you going backwards though. You can hit all. You can hit all day. And you gonna lie? Oh, sorry. Say again. No, no. Finish. Finish. I'll tell you something funny. Yeah, I, I was thinking, uh, and then at the end of the fight, yeah, yeah, Castano, Castano, yo, when we mount, he goes, hell yeah, let's do it. Let's get it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was ready to fight. Follow. Tell him, listen, man. I need a break. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. yeah third, you know what I'm saying? So. And uh, you know, what I'm saying I don't know any time off. You know, what I'm saying so. I'm like, whatever, man. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those things where Charlo, it's it's no money in it, right? And he doesn't he doesn't want to take that chance again. Yeah, basically escape. You know, he got lucky. Right. Now, he even got that that split decision or whatever it is. Because I thought he lost. To be honest, I thought he lost. Yeah, I yeah, thought he, he lost. He's yeah. actually lucky. Mayweather helped him out. You know that, right? Because if Mayweather wouldn't have came over in that fight and told him he was losing, he probably would have. He probably wouldn't even pushed as hard as he was. Because Mayweather came over and told him he was losing the fight. He wasn't lying to him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he came over the corner and told him, you losing. You yeah. need to knock him out or something. Charlo, yeah. I, I like him, but I never thought he was what they were like making him out to be. Exactly. Same thing with his brother. They talk a lot. Yeah, they do a lot of talking. Agree. Agree. So he ain't ready. He ain't ready for Canelo, that's for sure. Oh no. No, no. He don't want no part of that. I hope he doesn't. He might want the check associated, but he don't want the whooping.
I don't know. What, what do you guys think of this baseball season so far? Like you said, I'm I'm a Yankee fan, but it's exciting to see the Mets. Um, and granted, the Mets are what maybe a little bit over 500, something like that. But they're in first. But it's exciting to see them playing as well as they are the Mets. The Yankees, like you mentioned, Kenyatta, they're all over the place. I think for for the Yankees this season is a wash. I think they they were doing a lot of talking early in the season, like motivational. We got to step up, this that. It just never happened. You know, I think this season is a wash for them. Um, and I think they they definitely have some concerns too. I, I would say moving forward, the Yankees, you know, they got to figure some stuff out because you can't go into next season too with this same roster and expect it to just, you know, change on its own. I think they 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 got a lot of decisions to make. But besides besides the local teams. Um, I know there was some controversy with Stephen A. Smith, right? Didn't he mention something about Altani? Yeah. There, there was some, you know, but to me, that guy is incredible. Yeah, he's leading the league in home runs. He's up there, batting average, RBI, runs batted in. The guy's the dominant. He's a pitcher. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the guy, yeah. I don't, what, what could you say? How could you not like him? I think Steven is just took the basketball and only basketball. <laughs> just leave it at just leave that guy. No UFC, no boxing, just basketball and, and, that, and that's it. On uh, the mess of uh doing good this year, I don't think they're a World Series team by any stretch, but uh I think they're having a good year. I think maybe if you add some pieces to the team, I might change my opinion. But uh the mess is have a good year, happy for them. But um the Wolves come from the bullpen. The bullpen is off. Yeah. Not the Achilles here. Not going to stop them from uh, not going to uh, the best of four in, in the playoffs. And they could use a, 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 another bat too in the lineup. Yeah. Uh, Yankees, Yankees is just like, they have too many holes, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, the starting rotation ain't, ain't too good. Outside, outside of Garrett Cole. Uh, <laughs> you got... Uh, Gruber and Severino and the other guys. Yeah. Well, these guys have a Tommy John surgery. So you got to watch for yeah. guys from Tommy John surgery. They're going to come, come play with us and, and, and be great. Nah. <laughs> yeah, you have three guys who take to come from Tommy John surgery, man. And expect yeah. to win and go far. Um, you know, with Torres, seems like certain teams have figured out how, how to pitch to him. Yeah, he was years ago, right? And plus, he kind of, he, he's like, Decent as far as playing defense, but he play, he is second baseman playing shortstop, so yeah, yeah. some shortstop, shortstop walls. Uh, Cobra hit is real bad, along with a lot of injuries as well. The Yankee problem Yankees is that um, they like they like a um, an eighties team, all power hitters, you know, yeah. they all play small yeah. ball like yeah. like Bernie Williams, Paul O'Neill, uh, Luis Polanco, something like that, Navla, you know. Yeah. Yeah. play small ball, play good defense. You move the runners, yeah. Right, they rely on home runs at the time. I mean, you got to be saying that Void, Stanton, and Judge, and even Sexton are the same hitters. Home runs and strikeouts. You know what's interesting? They bought up Andujar for a while, and he actually was playing well. And when they brought him up as a rookie and let him play earlier, what was crazy is that Andujar, a lot of people don't realize, led the whole major leagues in doubles. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he had 30 home runs and got sent yeah. down for defense. And now these same guys you got up here that's getting opportunity, their defense is shoddy too. 
Right. Yeah. And like Theo said, uh, these guys, everybody's trying to slap the cover off the ball. Yeah. You know, nobody's satisfied with a single or a double. I want to add strike out or a homer. Yep. I want to add too as well, man. Before I forget, you know, Jake. I went on. We said this kid. It's in my head. The next few years gonna be tough for the Yankees, man. As yeah. far as trying to assemble a team, but this team right now is not assemble correctly. And you no. got Stanton. This contract is gonna cripple us for many, many more years. That's never coming off. Nobody's taking that. Off. And we're seeing our rivalries already transitioned to the younger core players. The Red Sox playing young guys, the Rays playing young guys, yep. the yep. playing young guys. Yep. And the young guys aren't playing, but these guys are producing as well. well. I mean, look, you got to look, look at I mean, you got Vlad Jr. Yeah, you right. got Vlad Jr. on Toronto. Right. <laughs> now, what's our uh, farm system on the Yankees? Because usually they have a decent one, but I don't even hear about who they have. I mean, well, we he bought hurt. up that Florial kid, right? Esteban Florial, they bought him up. Right. I don't know how much he's playing, but he was like the number one prize guy. Right. He's on the team now. The Yankees, their, their farm is pretty much loaded. Yeah. But they never, they never want to bring these guys up and let them just play. They, they expect, you know, when you call them up, they expect quick gratification. Yeah. Service. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. You know, when like Boston and other teams, like, it's all right, cool. Get yeah, ring, you're still playing. Yeah, you're still playing. Go out there, let's go. You know what we forgot about, too? Remember, Aaron Judge is still on a rookie deal. He'll be off of that deal in like a year or two. They're going to have to pay him like some ridiculous numbers. He, oh, yes, yeah. that type money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's no way. He's, I wouldn't accept anything less. Yeah, exactly. Just exactly. looking at the rest of the league, I mean, you got the a the AL Central, the White Sox. I mean, they had they had a decent team last year, but they had hit a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. You got the usual characters. You got Houston. Like no matter what people says about the cheating and everything else, they just win. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was actually expecting them to take a, a step back, losing spring. They lost those players, and they right. still they just yeah, win. They still, yeah, still top team. Yeah, you got the athletics. You got the Mariners who are a little surprising. They doing fairly well. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay point, no surprise, right? The Mets. Giants, though. those Giants in baseball. Oh, yeah. The Giants. You know what's funny? It's almost like they they picked years because quietly people don't realize the Giants won a couple of World Series recently. Yeah. I mean, you got the Dodgers, who they got spent a lot of money, and the Padres act. Well, the Padres, Padres, yeah, they money. They're that, playing well. They spent that money, but it's panning out so far. Yeah, yeah. So you look. At, I mean, you got Milwaukee. You basically, you basically have a situation. If you look at the NL, the National League, you have the Mets and Milwaukee, and then the other three teams would be from AL from the West: mm-hmm. San Francisco, the Dodgers, and the Padres. Yep. Yep. And over, it's, it's almost the same thing. And um, well, you got. Yankees, I mean, I don't know. I, I hope they do, but I don't think they're going to make it. What about the White Sox? The White Sox in first place. Yeah, that's another team, right? Yeah, you got Boston and Tampa Bay, and you got the White Sox, Houston, and Oakland. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Yankees going to make it. The Mariners got a better record than the Yankees. So. Yep. Yeah, I, I I think this season is a wash for the Yankees. Now I'll tell you what, if the Yankees don't make it, I think they might have to make some shakeups in other areas too. You know I mean, you might have to look at the front office, you might have to look at Aaron Boone, so some things might have to change there. 
agree. Yeah, I would agree. I think uh, I could see Boom being the first, you know, the first one out of there. Yeah. So, guys, again, you know, it's always great talking to you guys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Go through the last words. Theo, what's the last word for the day? Well, I'm happy to hear that Crawford is fighting somebody relevant. You know what I'm saying? He's been playing for a while. People say he's dumb. You're not talking about it. It's his manager, Bob Arum, is the guy who's top of a fighter, not really him himself. So, he's going to fight with Sean Porter by the end of the year. So, looking forward to that, man. And listen, in a few more weeks, we got Manny Pacquiao's fence, man. Let's go. Yeah. And, guys, just on that note, before we continue, I'm working on having Coley on next week to try to talk, you know, give us some prognostication on that fight. Let's do it. Yeah. So what you got, William, for last words? Um, NBA draft, I think, is coming up next week. Right? Knicks, we got three picks. Let's, <laughs> let's, uh, let's use them wisely, whether it be selecting players or, or trades. Let's go Knicks. I'm excited to see what we do. Agree, agree. Agree with myself. Let's go. Right for me, I just want to give give Alyssa a shout out. Congratulations to the sideline cancer team. They made it out of that that bracket, moved on. Get them cooked. Keep going, man. They had they got a couple of tough wins, but they made it out of the bracket. So that's just yeah. great work. Yeah. And again, thank you guys, man. Great talking to you. Everybody, thank have you. a great week.